Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Now, today's topic is going to be about thyroid health, how to heal the thyroid naturally using herbs and food as your medicine. I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is Andrea Beeman. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Andrea Beeman is a natural foods chef, health educator, thyroid expert, and holistic health coach dedicated to alternative healing and sustainable eating and living. Andrea was a featured contestant on Bravo's Top Chef and was recognized as one of the top 100 most influential people in health and fitness from Greatest.com. She received the Award for Excellence in Health Supportive Food Education from the Natural Gourmet Institute for Food and Health, as well as the Health Leadership Award from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Andrea is author of Happy Healthy Thyroid, The Essential Steps to Healing Naturally. Andrea, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Oh, thanks for having me, Dr. Carey. I love what you said in the beginning. You said that true wealth is your health. I'm a firm believer in that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I'm a firm believer in that, too. <laughs> so, Andrea, did, did you have a thyroid issue? Yeah, that's actually how I first got started in the business of health and wellness. Uh, I was diagnosed with hyperthyroid, plus I had a large goiter when I was 28 years old. And my doctor had recommended radioactive iodine to destroy my thyroid and then to be on medication for the rest of my life. And I didn't it didn't resonate with me as a good thing to do, right? I, I, I looked at my doctor and I said, I don't want to radiate any part of my body. You know, I, you know, I watched my mom go through the treatments of breast cancer and it didn't work so well for her, you know, the radiation and the chemotherapy and all that stuff. So for me, that was a, a red flag. And I said, I said, Doc, I said, I think I need to change my diet, my lifestyle because it's crap. And I know it's crap. Uh, at the time, I was a chronic dieter, and, and for my whole life, actually, from the time I was about 13 or 14 years old, I was a chronic dieter. I kept depriving my body of nutrients. Um, at the time that I was uh, diagnosed, finally diagnosed with my disease, uh, I was just partying all the time. I was working at MTV Networks, and I'd you know, be up drinking and partying and smoking all day and all night you know, with the rock stars, and it was really not a healthy lifestyle, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so my, my doctor, um, you know, uh, she said to me, she said, listen, your diet and your lifestyle don't have anything to do with your thyroid disease. And that was 22 years ago. You know, I was 28 years old. And, and a lot has changed since then. Uh, you know, I know that a, a lot of doctors are now coming to the forefront. And they're, they're looking at their patients and seeing that, yes, when they do alter their diet and their lifestyle, their health actually improves. So 
for me, I said no to the radioactive iodine, and I changed my diet and my lifestyle. And it took about 18 months for my goiter to disappear and two years for my thyroid to normalize. And within that time, Dr. Carey, it went from, my thyroid went from hyper to hypo to Hashimoto's, which was the true condition that I was suffering with, which was an autoimmune condition. So had I radiated my thyroid, when I had the hyperthyroid and the goiter, I would have never known that it was actually an autoimmune condition. And autoimmune conditions, they, they'll have a tendency, especially with thyroid conditions, to vacillate between hyper and hypo. And, you know, sometimes you're, you're this system and sometimes you're in that, having those symptoms. So um, for the autoimmune condition that I was suffering with, I actually had to look at my gut and not my thyroid. So, oh my gosh, you said a few things there that really... Um, resonated with me. So first, uh, hyperthyroid. You know, we hear so so many experts out there talking about low thyroid or hypothyroid, and not a lot of people really talking about the opposite, hyper or overactive thyroid. And it's kind of interesting because actually within the last couple of months, I seem to be like attracting all these hyperthyroid ah. cases into my <laughs> practice. And, and as you said, um, First and foremost, it's trying to get the right diagnosis and that oftentimes hyperthyroid can be autoimmune as Graves' disease or as mm -hmm. Hashimoto's. And I, I'm not sure, well, based on what I've seen with my, the patients that have seen me, that the right tests have been done at the outset to really get the proper diagnosis, first of all, just like you were saying. Oh, yeah, totally. And not only that, but their their symptoms will change. If it is an autoimmune condition, if it's either Graves or Hashimoto's, the symptoms will change. You know, they'll vacillate between hyper and hypo. You know, one day they're depressed, the next day they have anxiety. One day they, they're gaining weight, the next day they can't eat anything. You know, so, uh, you know, the human body is, is really an amazing creation. And when we stop and slow down and really start to look at it and listen to it, on a deeper level, it'll tell us. It'll say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not well in my gut or my adrenals are exhausted or uh, I'm taking on too much or my nutrition is not good, you know, and, and we're not taught to really slow down in, in this world that we're in. It's like, okay, let's go. What is this? Okay, get it fixed right now, ASAP, like taking a car into the shop. Let's get it fixed. Chop it up, get it all fixed, and, and put it back on the road and get it working. Um, but the human body works at a slower pace. And in order to have a real, a, I, I believe, a real diagnosis, you've got to really look at it for periods of time. You know, like look at it, and then three months later, go back and look at it again. Another three months, look at it again and see where it's at. Uh, you know, I'm a, I love the um, uh, a quote, a real famous quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson, and he says, adopt the pace of nature. Her secret is patience. And that's one of the things that we don't have time for in the modern world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Patients come in and they want to be fixed yesterday. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's and you know exactly what? Right. You know what? If, when I'm the patient, I'm actually kind of the same way too. So I, I, I shouldn't throw stones in my glass house here. <laughs> Uh, Andrea, why is thyroid disease so so much more common at this point in time? Well, there's a there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, one of one of the main reasons is potentially that there's a large majority of the population that was not breastfed. So 
let's say they had any of the autoimmune conditions, and not just thyroid, although it could be, you know, Graves or uh, uh, Hashimoto's, which is, uh, Hashimoto's is actually more popular than hypo. Um, so let's say they had any of those autoimmune conditions. If they were not breastfed as a child, right, as soon as the baby comes out, the perfect food for that baby is the breast milk. And in the breast milk is that colostrum that's loaded with all these antibodies and bacteria and just these wonderful immune-boosting things that go and they implant in the intestinal villi. Like, right, we have these little permeable holes, right? You've heard of leaky gut. I'm sure that so many clients come in with leaky gut problems. So we have all these little holes in the intestine in the intestinal lining and those little holes get filled with the colostrum and get filled with the bacteria and get filled with that all those nutrients from the mother's milk and that is the first implantation of the immune system in the child and so we have these generations and generations of people that have not been breastfed. So that's the initial onslaught of this attack, right? This thyroid attack. Um, it's because uh, the intestines were never implanted with what they needed to support the body. So um, I'm one of those kids. I'm a, a 60s baby, right? I was born in 68. So in the 60s and the 70s, they were... They were convincing women around the world, don't breastfeed, especially here in America. Um, and I, I think uh, you're in Canada, right? I'm in Canada, yes. Yeah, I don't know if they did it in Canada too, but it, I know in America it was rampant across the United States. Uh, you know, don't use breast milk. It's inferior to use this soy infant formula that we created, right? This was uh, m- nutrition. This was the, you know, this is what we got for you guys. We're going to make super babies. <laughs> and, and what happened was, if you look at the studies, we've made super sick babies. Uh, so... Babies that were not breastfed have a higher incidence of disease across the board, Dr. Carey, across the board, asthma, SIDS, uh, thyroid disease, cancer, diabetes, across the board, higher rates of all those diseases. So that was the first insult to the human body. And then, of course, we have to look at, well, not everybody, you know, there was there were children that were breastfed and they're still suffering from thyroid disease. So now we have to look at, well, why why is the thyroid going out of balance now at this time? Rampant. Like I said, it's, it's running rampant around the world. So we have to look at what's going on in the human condition that is contributing to this. So we are surrounded by man-made, non-ionizing and ionizing radiation. So when you look at the thyroid, it is, it is very sensitive to radiation. Very sensitive. And... If we are surrounded by non-ionizing and ionizing radiation, and the ionizing radiation, that's coming from, like, um, uh, medical x-rays, you know, the radiation that's out in the world that that we're putting out there. Like, if you live next to a, uh, you know, a a nuclear power plant, I would suggest you move (laughs) because, you know, they get leaky, those things. They do get leaky. Uh, Like, in in America, we had... um, Three Mile Island in Pennsylvania. I think that was in the 70s or in the 80s. And it was a, a radiation, a nuclear power plant that started leaking. And, you know, the government said, oh, it's, it's not enough. It's not enough to destroy the population or hurt the population. Um, you know, it's don't worry about it. And then, you know, 40 years later, they looked at the population over there by Three Mile Island. And they had higher rates of thyroid cancer and thyroid disease. So 
the thyroid is very susceptible to radiation. And the non-ionizing radiation that we're surrounded by is, is everybody's computer, cell phones. You know, all of this also has an impact on the thyroid. So if we don't have enough iodine in our system, our thyroid will be on the weaker side, right? If we don't have enough uh, food-grade iodine, iodine that's, that's found in sea vegetables and seafoods, and then, the, uh, then the, the thyroid actually becomes weaker. Now, I know when it comes to iodine and Hashimoto's, there's a lot of controversy about using those you know, using iodine with Hashimoto's patients. Um, where do you sit on that controversy, Andrea? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because I don't recommend iodine supplements. Um, I recommend seaweed. So one of the things with Hashimoto's, again, it's autoimmune. So when you look at an autoimmune condition, you have to look at the gut because over 70% of our immune system lives in the gut. So I recommend seaweed and sea vegetables because it's mucilaginous and it's cooling to inflammation. And that mucilaginous texture or those properties in the seaweed really helps to calm the inflammation in the gut and support the gut. You know, like our our entire gut lining is we have uh, mucus in our entire gut lining. And when that mucus becomes compromised, you're going to have higher rates of autoimmune conditions. Across the board, you're going to have higher rates. So uh, seaweed... If you go and you get a piece of alaria or wakame, uh, kombu, kelp, and you put it in water, and you leave it in water for about 15 or 20 minutes, you'll notice that it gets gooey. This, it gets this um, slimy texture. And that slimy gooiness, that is what coats the digestive system. It coats the, uh, it supports the, the intestines. And that is rich in iodine. So I don't recommend iodine supplements, just taking iodine and boom, putting into it a compromised digestive system. I recommend eating seaweed the way it was traditionally eaten, whether it was in soup or with beans or, um, you know, in some type of food substance so that it's easy to absorb and it helps to coat the intestinal lining and support the intestines so that you can absorb the iodine and the iodine doesn't just go into the system without that mucilage and create what is known as that iodine fire. Uh, that controversy that is, uh, you know, when the people with Hashimoto's, they eat the iodine supplements, it's, it's like it inflames their condition. There's, like I mentioned, there's reasons for that. Now, what other types of foods do you recommend to best support, not just a thyroid, but the, the whole hormonal system, endocrine system as a whole? Well, the endocrine system as a whole, I recommend fats. Uh, you know, like um, there's a large majority of our hormones that are fat, you know, they're, they're fat-soluble hormones, right? These are the fat hormones, uh, um, all of your, um, your stress hormones, right? You need that cushion of fat to create those hormones. And I think that, that for many years we were told not to eat fats. You know, fats are bad, especially saturated fats. And then we have a whole resurgence over the past maybe 10 to 15 years of people are going back to butter. They're getting off margarine, thank God. (laughs) Margarine was like a death substance. You know, margarine should really only be used uh, maybe on, if your car, you need to, you know, grease the axle. Use the margarine there, but don't use it in your human body. Um, So people are going back to traditional fats, you know, uh, uh, lard, 
schmaltz, which is chicken fat, uh, butter, classic fat used all over Europe and and the world. Uh, And people are going back to those fats because those fats actually help support our endocrine system. You know, they help us to build the hormones that we need. We also need good quality proteins. Uh, And, you know, so many people are not eating good quality proteins. They're eating pretty crappy proteins, mass-produced animals that are from CAFOs. It's not really a good protein. It's really really not a good fat. So, you know, there's lots of foods. Uh, As, you know, like I said, iodine-rich foods are essential for the thyroid. But for the endocrine system as a whole, we have to look at it and say, okay, are we getting enough good quality fat to support our system? Um, you know, and, and also, I guess it was about 20, 20 years ago, they recognized that the bones are part of the endocrine system. So we also now are discovering that the heart is part of the endocrine system, right? There's an endocrine gland there. So we have, um, besides the thymus, which sits above uh, or in front of the heart, right? So we have um, all of these foods that are essential for supporting the endocrine system and when we don't get them you're going to have a disruptive uh a disruptive body in in its entireties right so when we look at what happened when when we took out fats in you know i guess the fats were demonized in the 60s and the 70s and even into the 80s fats were demonized and if you look at people with osteoporosis that can either come from a too high protein diet that's not balanced with fats or a too low fat diet uh, as well as, you know, people that are eating just carbs, right? So you have all the, the carb addicts that are just eating carbohydrates, which turns to sugar, and that's not healthy for anybody. So we need a balance. We definitely need a balance. And for your bones, I mean, we know that you can't absorb, you know, like we need cholesterol in order to absorb D, and we need D for our bones, and we can't just have calcium. So the human body is, is really a complex system that has all of these moving parts and pieces, and we can't, we can't just segregate one food substance and say, here, eat only this. We're physically not designed for that, and it won't help us. So, you know, like this is, this is where I find uh, a lot of the problem in the, in the health and wellness communities, and I know I'm going off on it, <laughs> probably going off on another tangent, but a lot of times in the health and wellness communities, you'll have, uh, you know, if somebody has osteopenia or osteoporosis, they'll say, you know, I have calcium for years. They're recommending, you know, calcium, 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 especially for women. And now, you know, 30 years later and 40 years later, we're finding out that just having calcium has increased the, the rates of breast cancer as well as calcification of the soft tissue inside the body, increasing the risk of heart attack. So all of those calcium supplements, just calcium, not healthy for the body, not healthy for the bones. And again, we're looking at the bones. Bones are part of the endocrine system, so we got to support it with good quality fats, good quality proteins, um, exercise. Uh, you know, I, I could talk for days about the human body. I'm fascinated by it. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm totally fascinated by it. <laughs> Total geek when it comes to the human body. Yeah. You know, we're living in a human body, so we, we it's good to get to know it, at least a little bit. You're going to have this journey, whether the journey is a short journey or a long journey, God willing, you get up there to be a, a healthy, happy 90-year-old or a centenarian. Um, you're going to be in that body for quite a long time. So, you know, nourish it and support it the best that you can. Uh, when one system is out of balance, generally, it indicates that a large majority of the systems are out of balance because the whole body is connected. And I know that for a a long time we've been 
disconnecting the body in all these separate parts and pieces. But we can, in order to have a truly healthy body, we really have to connect the whole body together as one piece, one whole system that's working together harmoniously to bring balance uh, and strength. Now, at the top of our show, you were talking about how you were originally diagnosed with hyperthyroidism, and um, it was recommended, you know, that they that you have your thyroid, um, you know, radiated and burned off, burned away, and then yeah. of course be on medication for the rest of your life. So I know that you chose not to go down that path, but a lot of people have gone down that path because at mm. at that point, you know, they they thought that 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 was the right thing to do. Um, so people that are that have done that, that have had either their thyroid removed or radiated, what can they do to support their endocrine system? Well, they have to. They have to look at their endocrine system now as a whole functioning piece, even without the thyroid, because when they radiate the thyroid or get a thyroidectomy, they're on thyroid hormone. So their body still needs to process all of that hormone. So we have to look at the endocrine system as a whole, but we also have to look at the liver because the liver is responsible for the breakdown of the hormones once they're used. So if someone has a congested liver or a liver that's not functioning well, then it will affect the endocrine system. Because, uh, again, you know, like our, our hormones are built every day and they need to be broken down. The hormones that are have been used and are no longer uh, viable for the system, right? They have to be broken down. So they need to be broken down by the liver and, and the fat soluble hormones are going to go through the digestive system and we're going to, you know, poop out the, you know, excrete that stuff out. And then the, the water soluble hormones are going to go through the, the urinary tract and the kidneys, right? So uh, again, we're looking at a whole system, but let's, jump back and look at the endocrine system right now and say, okay, I don't have a thyroid anymore. I still have to support my pituitary, my hypothalamus, my pineal gland, my thymus, my pancreas, my uh, gonads. Uh, Did I I forget one? Do we have another one in there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we got a whole bunch of them. You know, I still have to support all of these other glands on the endocrine system. So how do we support those glands? Well, Uh, the hypothalamus is connected to the nervous system, right? So it's talking back and forth from the nervous system to the endocrine system, right? Hey, listen, there's stress going on here. We have to, you know, let's, let's get that adrenaline kicking in, you know, let's, let's get the adrenals moving. So one of the things to support the endocrine system as a whole is to calm the stress as much as possible. And, you know, like we know now, of course, that stress is a big contributor to all diseases and, So when we can calm the nervous system and get that system really relaxed so that it's not always on go, uh, which is unfortunately what is happening in the modern world, right? Constantly on sympathetic nervous system. And we're not on parasympathetic nervous system. We're go, 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 go. Got to get going. Got to get moving. Got to keep going. Got to, got to, got to, got to, right? That amount of stress is absolutely going to affect the endocrine system. It's going to put strain on the adrenals. It's going to put strain on the pancreas. You know, with that amount of stress going on, you're not going to be able to digest your food, right? Because the endocrine system is also sending the message to the digestive system. Okay, it's time to digest food. It's sending the message to your uh, respiratory system. It's sending the message to, to your circulatory system, right? It's sending a message to every cell in your body. You know, we, we've, got, we've got to move or we need to rest or it's time to go to sleep or it's time to wake up. All of that is going on inside the system. 
So to nourish and support the endocrine system, you really have to relax the nervous system. You've got, and I, I always suggest to my clients that they start their day with either some deep breathing, some stretching, some meditation, but something to get them started on the day instead of like most people, and this is, this is where I think most people go wrong, as soon as they wake up in the morning, that alarm goes off, right? Yes. And they're already, they start the day as soon as they open their eyes in a state of stress. They start the day, I got to go, I got to get to work, I got to get moving, right? And I always suggest to my clients, okay, let your alarm wake you up, but then put your body back into a relaxed state. Deep breathing, meditation, some stressing, I mean some uh, stretching, right? If you look at your animals, um, you know, like for those of you that have cats and dogs, when they wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that they do? They stretch, They stretch their whole body. They stretch out their legs. They stretch out their arms. So if you look at ancient medicine, um, and and I love to to look at ancient medicine, there's a variety of stretching that's in uh, Ayurvedic medicine. It's in uh, Chinese medicine. It's in Japanese medicine. Simple things. Yoga is one of those ancient medicines, right? Yoga is... Is, is literally stretching the body, right? You're stretching and opening the body. And also breathing, connecting to the breath. So if, if you can get your, your clients and your patients to just take 10 minutes in the morning before they start their day and just stretch and breathe, it's going to help their nervous system, the endocrine system, the respiratory system. The, it's going to help their entire body. Absolutely. Now, are there any other types of treatments that you suggest for naturally healing the thyroid that we've not spoken about yet? Yeah, totally. I love herbal medicine. I I think herbs, they've been around for thousands of years um, and they're gentle. So in modern medicine, if the thyroid is hyper, they will suggest let's radiate the thyroid and stop it from functioning. And in herbal medicine, if the thyroid is hyper, they say, okay, let's calm down this person's nervous system. <laughs> let's calm the nervous system using something like lemon balm or motherwort. Uh, and if the thyroid is slow, right, in the state of hypothyroid, uh, instead of speeding up the thyroid unnaturally, uh, which will actually exhaust the adrenals and put them into a, in a more severe state as they as they continue moving forward, right? If they're just, if their body is saying, listen, I'm exhausted, I'm wiped out, I don't have any energy, and then we put in more thyroid hormone, eventually you're going to deplete the bones, right? You're going to deplete the deep systems within the body. So um, in herbal medicine, they say, okay, well, let's calm the system down uh, if for in the state of hyper, but in the state of ho- Hypo, which is the slow system, let's nutrify this system. Let's give some deep nutrition into this system and give it an energetic boost internally. So some of the things that can help with a hypothyroid and a body that is depleted would be something like ginseng, ashwagandha, um, uh, nutritive herbs, nutritive foods, uh, deep nutrition. Like I recommend for the people that have hypo and their body is physically depleted and exhausted and slowing down, stuff like even uh, not in, in the herb form, but foods like bone stocks, more good quality fats, uh, so that they could really get that deep nutrition that they need to give their body the energy that it needs. Um, so, uh, and in the case of, uh, you know, like Hashimoto's and Graves, For the autoimmune conditions that we have to start to tone the gut. So one of the ways to tone the gut, I like to use something called black walnut hull. 
it it's astringing, it's toning, and it helps to get rid of rogue bugs, right? So if somebody has a compromised digestive system, then I wanna I wanna make sure that they're they're not overloaded with uh, you know SIBO or they don't have uh, parasites or something like that that is really compromising their digestive system. So we give them a, like some black walnut hull or even some barberry or something like that, and that should help. And then of course get them eating well. Food is the best medicine. I agree. And then one of the things that I often do with my thyroid patients and, and autoimmune patients in general, and this kind of goes back to the top of our show, is I use colostrum. I use mm. high amounts of colostrum for a period of time just yes. to try and calm down that gut. And we know that colostrum is immune modulating, which means it helps to balance the immune system. So if it's underactive, it helps to strengthen it. If it's overactive with with autoimmunity, it, it helps to uh, bring it back down and, and create balance. So that's that's my little pearl to add in there. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, your your clients are blessed to have you. That that's the first thing that you give them. You know that you're high dosing them on something that's going to help support their intestinal health. Because you know you could be eating the best food in the world, but if you're not absorbing it, then it doesn't really matter. Exactly, Andrea. I know that you and I, we could just keep t- talking for hours about this. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much. Except that we can't. <laughs> well, um, so how can our listeners find out more about you and, and tell us again about your book? Um, they could find me at www.andreabeeman.com. Uh, and I have a, a book uh, specifically for thyroid. It's called Happy Healthy Thyroid, The Essential Steps to Healing Naturally. And it covers everything from food to herbs to digestive health and how to calm the, the system down and, and looking at the body as a whole and connecting back to nature, you know, which is a different pace than <laughs> modern cities, uh, even if it's just taking a daily walk. Um, and... Uh, uh, and also, if anybody, if they go to my website and they they sign up for my newsletter, they'll get 15% off on all my books and DVDs and all that stuff. Um, they just uh, use the code WELCOME15 when they sign in. Yeah, because your thyroid book is your latest book, but you have many other books out there. Yeah, I have one called Health is Wealth. <laughs> because I'm a firm believer that, you know, our, our health is our wealth. Like, we, you talk about it. It's the first thing you said mm-hmm. when you opened up your, your show. Uh, and it's so important, you know, like without our health, we don't have, we don't really don't have anything. It's so true. So for the listeners out there, I'll make sure to find those links and I'll put those links in the podcast notes so that you can easily find Andrea and her books and all the great stuff she has out there. Andrea, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been an awesome interview. Oh, thanks, Dr. Carrie. It was a pleasure. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Andrea Beeman. And I want to thank you, our our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.